Hey, welcome to Late Night with Larry. We're here doing it once again. I'm here with my co-host Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, glad to have you here on this Super Bowl weekend. That's right. Today's the Super Bowl, and we decided we want a podcast rather than watch the Super Bowl. No, yeah. we're just kidding. Well, we don't really have a dog in the fight. So no, we don't. The we outcome don't, don't matter. And yeah, for me, it really doesn't. But, you know, I'll, I'll watch it anyway. When, I'm just when, wondering when if, it's, if it's possible for both teams to lose. Uh, that, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to me, a tie would be both teams lost. That'd be funny. Though. Yeah, it would be. It <laughs> would be. Anyway, we're back here doing it once again. And the subject we want to talk about today tonight entails not one subject but many yep and i'm gonna let my brother start us off with it because he came to me with the idea and i said yeah let's do it so let's get on with it okay here we go we're gonna, we're gonna warm up like we usually always do always do we're gonna toast you people so this is to you hit that subscribe button oh good stuff maynard Ooh, yeah. Now, I, I approached my brother with the idea. I came across the list of 10 items. And, of course, we, we like to talk about different things, but the one common thread they have is New Mexico, which where, is where we live. Right. So we like talking about the folklore, the spooky things, the Sasquatch that go on here in New Mexico because we've experienced a lot. And uh, that's really uh, what sparked this podcast was stuff that's happened to us here in New Mexico. Right. So I came across a list of 10 items. They're supposed to be ten, uh, the top 10 uh, unsolved mysteries in New Mexico. Mm, sounds interesting. <clears throat> and the, the first one on the list we've talked about before, but we're going to hit on it very briefly. It's the UFO Roswell crash. That's right. And the UFO Roswell crash, I'm sure some of you listeners out there may be familiar, but this happened in the uh, mid, late 40s, and uh, it's been controversial ever since. And the reason why it's so controversial is because we had a lot of people on their deathbeds that say, yes, they they did truly recover a spacecraft. And uh, what makes it convincing and believable to me is how the Army flipped the script on the story. Right. First, first it came out, yes, and then they turned around and said it wasn't, it was a, a weather balloon. Um, I, I, I'm going to call bullshit on that one because, uh, like we've talked about, Several people in in our family have witnessed UFOs, so I know they're real and they're out there. Uh, whether you want to <coughs> look at them as being uh, alien, uh, someone from another solar system, or some people say they're demons, so whatever, right. they're there. Everyone has their own take, and uh, um, I, I believe that they're real. Now, I, I don't think we have enough information <coughs> to really know where they're from or what they really are but right uh, maybe somebody does and one day we'll learn maybe but you know I, i'm gonna say that story it's a true story and 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 roswell gets thousands of visitors every year when they have their little alien festival down there yes now that's i've never been but that's on my bucket list they got a museum i'd like to go to right and and so would i yeah but anyway <laughs> roswell crash did it happen or was it a weather balloon right yeah but anyway, next on our list was something that I, I didn't know. I, I just came across this, so I read up a little bit on it. And it's, it's, it's called Geronimo's Skull. Now, a lot of you familiar with Geronimo, he was an Apache Indian, 
and he he fought the U.S. and Mexico and other tribes. But uh, it's when they were trying to round him up and put him on reservations. Right. Now, the story is that he was taken as a prisoner of war several times. He he surrendered and agreed to be put on the reservation. But, you know, the Apache people, they're used to moving around and he didn't like being confined. So they did. He did what was called a, a reservation break where he would break off and join other tribes. Uh, I think the Hickoria was one or not Hickoria. Uh, it starts with the C, but there was different tribes. The Cherokee, Maybe. But uh, anyway, he wasn't actually a chief, but he was such a good leader. They put him in charge of their men. Right. And. I, I know that, you know, he's a, he's a big deal down here in the Southwest because he resisted to be put on a reservation and to be uh, labeled as a civilized Indian. And, right, uh, right. and he did make runs and he did fight the Calvary and, and, and they just couldn't, they couldn't keep him made. That goes to show you that old saying, you can't cage a free spirit. Right. Now, one thing I thought was sad, but interesting is while he was a prisoner of war, they would put him on display and, you know, but he took the opportunity to make himself some money. He was selling pictures of himself. He would make bows and arrows and even buttons off his shirt. People wanted to buy. So right. he made a little bit of money. And the sad part is he died as a prisoner of war in uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I believe he died in a hospital. Right. Now he was buried in Oklahoma. And, uh, th- the story is that some group in, uh, New Hampshire or New Haven or something like that. They, 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 they stole his bones from his gravesite, and his grandson has filed a suit to get his bones back. And his grandson wants him buried here in New Mexico. He said that's where he truly belongs, where he should be laid to rest. Right, and uh, that's cool. Right, yeah, that's a lot of stuff I didn't know. <clears throat> and there's a lot more to the story. We're just giving you the, the just skinny. T- touching, <laughs> touching on the highlights. Yeah, there. but that, that was pretty cool. And, of course, it ties into New Mexico there. Right. I'm sure he did a lot of fighting here in New Mexico. I'm sure he Arizona. did. Now, he was born in Mexico, but they want to lay him here. All right. And and for you that may say, wow, he was born in Mexico. Why? At the time that they were doing all this restructuring and trying to round up the Indians and put them on reservations, some of the Apache tribes, they had land going from here in the States, like from Tucson all the way down to the coast in Mexico. So when they did the borders, they cut some of these tribes off at Mexico. Right. And that's why there's Apaches in Mexico and in the U.S. Right. Remember, this this was all part of uh, Mexico at one time. It was, yes. Uh, it came with the Mexican land grant. That's right. Now, <laughs> we always joke because we got a Mexican ancestry right. we say uh, we didn't cross the border the border crossed us and that's that's <laughs> the honest to god truth people yeah. yeah yeah our people were here before there were borders right now now the next item on our list is something that probably everyone around the world is familiar with because of hollywood la llorona <clears throat> the crying lady yeah now we've touched on this um we we even talked to people who swear they've seen her and um growing up we we were always told stories about her i don't know if it was real or folklore but it did scare the crap out of us and it you know it kept us away from the waterways it definitely did it kept me <laughs> it kept me coming in at night early till i got a little older 
but you know this this tale is it's worldwide uh many cultures have a similar tale but the, the one here in new mexico you know like we've talked about on previous podcasts that we talked just about the yorona <clears throat> she drown her kids in the river and she goes through the ravines and water raise walking for eternity looking for them. looking for them and that's why you hear her the crying noise out by the waterways right, right. <clears throat> yeah now uh i don't know if i'm alone at night by a river and i hear a lady crying coming toward me <laughs> that's gonna scare the hell out of me I, maybe it's yeah. just because the folklore but yeah i mean i'd i'd, <coughs> I'd hightail it too i'd be like well wait a minute why is she crying <laughs> right right but we, we've touched on the yorona you guys know about it right. and the, the next one is a subject i don't think we've really talked about the chupacabra no we haven't and and the reason is because that, that one's kind of hard for me to pinpoint because they show these <clears throat> pictures of supposedly the chupacabra and it just looks like a mangy hairless dog to me right uh now when the tale started becoming popular or the folklore i was always told the chupacabra was like a, a winged like a winged creature yes. stood on two feet and would kind of fly and, and hop. Yeah, hop and fly. It wasn't a dog. So, you know, that's why when I seen these old cap pictures of the chupacabra, I'm like, no, that looks like a mangy dead dog. But or, or we've even seen pictures of bears with mange. Right. That they're trying to pass as chupacabra. And yeah, and I'm like, no, that's that's not. not. So I don't have a lot of experience with this creature. And for one, it was a hot topic. It, it supposedly it was migrating from South America on up, came here, you know, farmers in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, they all say they saw it. And some of them said they killed one. And But I've never seen true hard evidence of the creature that was described to me. Right. Now, we are, um, we're, we're evidence kind of guys, you know. Now, we're, we're really into the Bigfoot thing. That's why we really believe because we've had stuff we can't explain any other way. But something like this, we'd have to see something, some hard proof, and, and not just a video. You know, because even before we started going out and doing our own field research on Bigfoot, we've seen all the videos, some very compelling videos, but we're always... Our saying is we have to see it to believe it. Right. And and I, I agree. And I and the chupacabra is something I have to see to believe. Yeah. And I've never heard one. I've never seen one. I Matter of fact, I've never even come across a person that said they saw one. Right. Just on TV. <clears throat> yeah. Just Now, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying oh, no. we need some proof. Right. And I'm not saying it's not real either. I'm just saying th this is just one of those that hasn't been brought to the forefront because you know uh, like bigfoot oh you can interview many people that have seen one and on this spectrum the chupacabra i don't know a lot of people that have seen one heard one or for that matter killed one right right so now our, our next uh item up is something you talked about you've seen a movie about it i believe this is the movie it's called the taos hum Oh, yeah, yes, yes, the Taos Hum. This was uh, a movie done, and it's supposedly UFO activity. And this movie was done by, I believe, uh, not Netflix, um, Amazon. It's on the Amazon Prime, and it's called The Vast of Night. And this talks about the Taos Hum, and this was done in the 50s. Um, and it's one night, 
And supposedly, when you hear this hum, that means that on the outskirts of the city that there's UFO activity going on. And uh, in this movie, the radio personnel who gets a phone call from the girl and says, listen, do you hear it? So they find they find people linked to the military and, you know, others. One's deceased already, but they find witnesses that say, yes, that's, you know, it's exactly what you think it is. And make a long story short, the characters go out to the edge of the city to find the hum, and uh, it ends with them being abducted. Right. And uh, so I, I, I've never heard of the Taos hum until this movie, but it... it uh, and, uh, it exists? It does. And up near, now, is it still going on today? I don't know if it's going on today, but it, it was quite quite the legend back in the day right now when i was reading up on it they said the hum <clears throat> it sounds similar to like a a pulse well some people have described it as like a a semi truck oh yeah off in the distance idling idling yeah yeah and and they made well it was kind of like a the movie they made it out like an electronic pulse but you know that that's uh, probably the closest they could get to, right, to it right. without and, really knowing. And you know, if you've ever experienced something or read a book, the movie's always going to be different. It is because they got to dramatize it, but they got to sell the movie. But you know, and if you look up in Taos in that area, that's you know that's up in the mountains, just like in the Hickoria and Dulce, where they say they have a UFO bases. And uh, Taos has had a lot of Bigfoot sightings and a lot of UFO sightings. And it it could be that, you know, these areas are hot spots where, you know, where the atomic bomb was kind of developed, you know. It was mostly right. Los Alamos, but... And uh, that a lot of the theories say that that's why there's a lot of alien activity, because when they were doing their testing, right. that caught their attention. Of course. And like people, well, like you talked about the story the people were abducted in Africa right. and the aliens told them that our technology is going in the wrong direction. Right. They did. We're, we're, we're using most of our technology to kill each other rather than for the better of mankind. And that's what it is. And you know, a lot of our technology that does help mankind comes out of military funding. Right. It does. And and I, I totally agree because we are. We're more focused on who can reign supreme with control with the power to kill rather than who can reign supreme with the power to feed and shelter and and clothe mankind you know uh we definitely are going in the wrong direction but what was interesting about that story i was telling my brother about these kids from africa they were kids they were preschool or or elementary children when they saw this uh ufo and it actually landed and the aliens spoke to a few of them well, when they interviewed these kids 30 plus years later, they're all grown adults with careers and families, and uh, they stick to the same story. Right. It hasn't right. changed. And they all still swear that what the event that was described took place. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to believe them because it's, it's hard to get people to be on the same wavelength in the same story exactly the same 30 right. some years later. Right now, our our next our next topic is uh, close to the same area, pretty much same thing. It's uh, the aliens in Dulce. Oh, okay. Now, I we've talked about this. Um, there's supposedly underground bases 
Now, what I read uh, on this was the aliens living in caverns under under the earth, and right. And um, I I didn't know this part. There's a retired um, engineer that claims there was a firefight between the military and the aliens. Right, and the, and, and that goes back to uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but we did talk about Phil. Phil, he's the one that they said he committed suicide, but people think he was he was killed because he's the one that came out with this. He, right, he, yeah. he he worked in supposedly the underground caverns in the base, and he talked about when they were going down that one day they did have a firefight with the aliens, and uh, he showed the scar on his chest where you know he got shot and and then he ended up dead. <laughs> but it's funny how that happens. Yeah, it, it is funny. Uh, but no, you know, the reptilians supposedly live underground. Uh, they they said there's there's like, I think, nine different uh, alien species supposedly inhabiting the earth and the caverns, you know, deep underground, as well as in the oceans. Right. And, you know, people, <coughs> people say, well, you're crazy if you believe that. But are we really? Yeah, and I, I think you're crazy if... Uh, you don't have a open mind enough to believe it's possible. Right. Now, I do, I do question people. So when, you know, when people say none of that is, you know, I'm like, oh, you're closed-minded. Uh, right, right, right. I, I, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> there's just too much evidence, especially with UFO, UFOs. There's a lot of video evidence. That's what I'm saying. All this video evidence can't be made up. It can't be Photoshopped. You know, and if you look at like the Phoenix Lights and a few others, that they really looked hardcore, and they couldn't debunk, so they had to say we don't, we can't explain what it is, but there is something up in the sky. Right. Well, let's just look at, for instance, these recent uh, Pentagon videos that came out of the fighters chasing some of these things, and it's like they toy with the fighter for a while, but you know, as soon as the one fighter pilot locked on, he said, "I got locked." No sooner than that, it disappeared. It was gone. Gone. Basically saying, now, see, your technology still is primitive compared to what we could do. Right. And they're saying, uh, you want to play that game? I'm out of here. Right. No. Yeah. Because uh, I I think if they really wanted to hurt us or destroy us, it would be like taking candy from a baby. Uh, Of course. Look at the technology Mm. they have. Just look how they could just hover there. And we can't. We, I mean, we have helicopters, but they can't. Our craft can't do nothing like with these crafty. Now we got a branch of the military now called Space Force. Space Force. Now I would really like to know exactly what they're doing. I would too. You know, and I've I've read that they're gearing up to you know in case there's a interstellar now attack in case they. I always think in case they know something we don't. That is, of course. And <clears throat> and like we've talked about, the military is never going to divulge everything. No, no. Now, we were, we're former military and, uh, you know, every Navy, Marine Corps, they have their balls. Right. I, I would like to be in uh, the Space Force. Uh, a space ball sounds pretty good. Right. Space ball <laughs> sounds really good. <laughs> okay. Now, our next topic, we're, we're sticking with aliens again here in New Mexico. That's a hot subject. And, and it's funny because uh, we, we like to go to, well, <laughs> pre-COVID, we used to like to go to concerts. Right. Now, big name bands would come in. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw the name out there, Godsmack. And mm-hmm. the singer was saying how he stood outside waiting for aliens and UFOs. And, right. Because I guess that's what we're known for. But here's a story I did not know. In March of 1948, 
They say a flying saucer saucer crashed in Aztec. Yeah, Aztec, New Mexico. That's yeah. another one. Right by Farmington, which <clears throat> you were there yesterday. I was there yesterday. Yeah, I was there for my grandson's birthday, and uh, it, I forgot about that one. But yeah, there was another alien, not just here in Roswell, but in Aztec. Right now, it's it's not as popular as the Roswell one. No. But uh, now, why is that? Was it more covered up? Or? I, I, I'm going to say that one, uh, the military probably got to it quicker, so it was covered up. Uh, the The press didn't have the time to do what they did um, with Roswell. Well, Roswell, the reason that one became exposed is there were many people that got called to the scene before the military. Right. So that's why that one's kind of hard to put in the bag. Right. Now... There's a story where we come from in uh, Gallup. Excuse me. We got these mountains on the east end called the Hogsback. And I've heard several stories, even from relatives, about how back in the day when they were young, something crashed into the mountain. All right. But the military and the government was there. Well, they said government. I'm guessing military. Went and took everything before they even knew what was going on. I'm sure that happened. I'm sure it did. You know, that's what the the military is notorious for. Yes. Uh, so... Okay, the, the next uh, subject is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, I'll probably butcher it, Terratorns. Terratorns, yeah. Terratorns. Right. Now, uh, I read there are sightings of these, um, they think they're ancient birds that, or prehistoric, I'm sorry, that, you know, have survived somehow, and there's been sightings in Las Cruces. Now, they referred to them as uh, raptors. Wow. And that's, we just did a episode about the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds. Uh, and we had a call, uh, a call in, a call in. Yeah. And he talked about his sightings where he said he saw one of those and, uh, that's the same thing, you know? Right. Right. Now <coughs> you're in New Mexico again. Now what a lot of, a lot of people, they think New Mexico is still wild, wild west. And I, I guess to a certain degree we are. We are. <laughs> but, uh, we, we do have our, our, you know, our modern cities and stuff. But uh, if you look on the, like a satellite picture of New Mexico at night, you know, you could see how the East Coast is really lit up. Right. New Mexico's relatively dark compared to these other states. Of course. We, because we got a lot of open land and, you know, uh, people here, people there. So there is a lot of unexplored territory, a lot of places for things like a territory to hide. <clears throat> Absolutely. And survive because we got wildlife and game out the yin yang that's one thing we do that's we have plenty of that and yeah you know there's we're we're rural we're a rural state right. i mean we got the biggest city albuquerque but even then we're surrounded by just little townships that's right it. exactly and and that's one thing that makes uh new mexico great is you could go from the big city to like a small town living sense in an hour right <laughs> you're, you're back to small town uh, mulberry right right and uh but i it's possible these creatures could be out there i mean the tribes have talked about them like we said the tribes have talked about them they've been part of the southwest folklore for forever because you know and like i i think folklore comes about not just because someone thought it up because someone's seen it and they're passing the story down right i i've always thought that these stories had to have a grain of truth how they got started even with these right. uh, these Hollywood movies that some say are far fetched, well, the the idea came from somewhere, probably a true story somewhere along the line. Most of them start out with that. 
Right. Okay, now the next subject is something that we're both familiar with firsthand. Right. It's uh, hauntings here in New Mexico. Right, and that we have a lot of. We have a lot of now. Uh, New Mexico, well, we, we come from Gallup, which was a railroad town. That's how it sprung up, a railroad right. camp, really. Right. Now, uh, the area that I lived in and he lived there, we lived in the same house, not at, at different times, but the area was a, a railroad camp and they had a lot of uh, Chinese workers. Right. You know, they used to come and lay the rail. Um, and they call it tortilla flats because there's a lot of Mexicans now. Right. And Gallup, or Gallup's really diverse. It is. And, uh, but back in the day, you know, there's even, you could go to the north side of town and there's little graveyards that everyone's forgot about that are there. Right. You know, there, there's people buried everywhere, really. <laughs> the bodies are just scattered in that city. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows what happens, happened before the times Gallup sprung up as a camp. Right. Uh, you know, Native Americans would bury their dead. They have their cemeteries. The Chinese were there. They would bury their dead. Right. They're, they're everywhere. So there's a lot of haunted places in Gallup. There's. Uh, Ghost Hunters uh, recently did a pretty good episode in the Al Rancho Hotel. Right. Which is haunted. And, and uh, my cousin, he definitely, like I said in one of the past episodes, he definitely vouched for it because he heard the bumping going right. on at the night. And, and the house I referred to earlier that we both lived in, it belonged to our grandparents. So... It, it just worked out where the house went to uh, our mom and our aunts. And when he got out of the military, he stayed there till he got on his feet. We had a cousin that did the same. Then I did there and I, and I eventually bought it. And I st I'm the one who stood the longest. Right. And I could tell you without the shadow of a doubt, that place is haunted. It definitely is. And yeah. I've shared some of my experiences. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it, it's haunted, but it was never, uh, a, a bad haunting. No, it, uh, I never felt threatened. It was never malevolent, is what I'm right. saying. Now, my it, it did, time to time, scare my kids. Well, but they're you know they're small <clears> kids. <throat> they hear things they can't explain, or you know, of course, it's well, scare them. I'm, I'm I'm an older gentleman, and, and if, if I start hearing some things go thump in my house, I'm still gonna get a little shook up. Like, what the hell is that? Right, but you know. That that house really conditioned us to where we are now. Yeah. Now, if did. you and I hear something bump in the night, we're going to go in there and see if it happens right. again. <laughs> and I do. I'm like, just like I was telling you, where we sit right now, that closet door one night popped open. And me and my wife were the only ones home sitting in the living room watching TV. But you hear it because of the lock on it. It's, it has a ball lock. And anytime you open it or close it, it, it makes a pop sound. And... uh I walked back here and it w the door was open. So, what do you and your wife do that you need a ball lock? Um, I can't. I can't say. <laughs> I, I can't say. That's like a chastity belt for guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. <coughs> but we've talked about that house before. Right. Uh, this house is maybe, maybe not. Um, don't ask his wife because she'll give her own. Story. She she will, but she will tell you that uh, she was laying in one of our spare rooms and she she was she she got woke up because she felt something just lay in bed next to her and it wasn't me i was in the back room now where i live i live uh, <coughs> a few miles away from him on the other side of town and it's a a newly developed area a new neighborhood um the first one to live in that house and i've not a lot of activity but uh i did something to provoke it one time and there was something going on but 
uh, within a, a stone's throw. If anyone's familiar with Albuquerque, there was a story on the news about all these women found on the West Mesa. Right. Seven. They, they found seven bodies. I thought it was more than that. Was it? I, I, seven. I seven thought it was over nine. ten. I thought it was. It might have been. I might have stopped but anyway, counting I, at seven. A lot of people might be familiar with that, but that's right. a stone's throw away from my house. So who knows? And and all these women that disappeared, they, they were uh, sex workers. And uh, they they all came up missing from the certain street here, uh, Central Avenue. And, uh, and that's and years later, that's where they were all found. Right, and that don't deter these women because <clears throat> you go down Central, you're still going to see them. You're still going to see them. Now, right. which brings us to our last topic of the day, which is our favorite, near and dear to our heart, right. is Bigfoot here in New Mexico. That's right. Now, we've touched on this story earlier. It was about a, a guy and his girlfriend camping, and they're sleeping in the Humvee, the Hummer. Right. And one was outside, and the girlfriend saw it, and she freaked out, started crying. and Started screaming. <clears throat> but right. I today I read the whole report on the BFRO, the Bigfoot Research, Research Organ Organization. And uh, it, it shed a lot of light on on it for me because now I know how he came across that area and where it is. Right. <clears throat> now, it turns out this guy that him and his girlfriend had the uh, encounter, it was a friend of his that told him about the area. Oh, okay. Now, the friend's uncle had used it as a camp spot for a long time. Now, his, friend is a, his friend's uncle was an outdoorsman, a hunter. You know, he, he knew the, out, the outdoors. But things started happening at this particular campsite where his uncle was genuinely afraid to go back. I wonder what that could be. Right. So <clears throat> him and his friend convinced his uncle to go back. They went camping. Uh, his friend's sisters and everybody went. Right. Now, uh, he said uh, up on the ridge, as the sun was falling, he could see movement, like somebody walking from tree to tree. Right. Which squatches are known to do. Right. Okay. Let me back up. I forgot a part. Now, right before this, well, right when the sun was going down, before he saw any movement, they heard a scream that lasted anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. And uh, we've touched on this, but he asked his friend, what do you know out here that could scream that long? What has the lung capacity? Right. Now we've heard those screams. And, and and I said the same thing when I talked about my experience. A matter of fact, when we came back from camping and I did tell my wife, I said, you know, we we did it. Because she always says, well, did you find Bigfoot? Did you find Sasquatch this time? But I did tell her, you know, I said, I, ca I can't tell you what I heard scream, but it wasn't a man, but it was something that has big ass lungs yeah. and could hold a powerful scream for quite a while. Yep. So I know exactly what that man's yep. talking about. Well, anyway, they heard the scream and that kind of shook everyone up. But as the evening went on, he could see, as you could see, you know, even when the sun goes down, you could see a little bit of right, light. Right. And uh, he saw something moving in the trees up on the ridge. Now they call this place the meadows because it's similar to where we go. It's a flat area with ridges on both sides. Right. Now, uh, he saw this and he, he didn't want to alert anyone because his sister, the guy's sisters were there and he didn't want to freak them out. Right. Or freak them out anymore, shall I say. Well, I would say freak them out anymore. Right. So <laughs> yeah. after that, the, the rest of the night was uneventful. Right. But uh, he said he did see that. So this guy, after he found out where the area was, 
Now, if you're familiar with the Hamas Mountains, you go, I don't know, is that 550? Yeah, you take 550 to... Uh, we, we take it from here. We turn at Bernalillo. We take 550 to San Isidro. San Isidro, yeah, that's where you make the right to the Hamas. You take a right and you go through uh, between Hamas Springs and the Hamas Pueblo, I believe. Right. There's a, a turnoff and it, the name of the road is Ponderosa Road. They have a nice uh, uh, a vineyard, a winery, yeah, winery. back there, uh, Ponderosa. And that is where they went. They go back in the area. Now, I've never taken that road, but that's where he describes the campsite. Mm. Now, I've taken the road. Uh, you go up past uh, Hamas Springs. You go into the mountains. And then the, the, the road forks. You could take a left toward Fenton Lake. And uh, that goes, I believe, to... Um, What's that city up there? Cuba. Cuba, yeah. Cuba, yeah. And then, or you could go right, and that takes you to Los Alamos. That's right. Now, on that road, when you go past uh, Hamas Springs uh, campsite, you go down, there's a few miles down the road, there's a road there, Ponderosa, so I'm guessing that's where it comes out. Oh, okay. But anyway, that's where the campsite is. So this guy, after he got all the information from his friend's uncle and everything, he went camping Several times, year after year, and no activity at all. No activity. Huh. So one year, he went back with his girlfriend, and uh, they were going to stay a whole week. They had camp set up and nothing for like the first two, three days. And uh, they decided to go visit a friend who was camped a few miles down the road. And when they came back, it was already, you know, dark. So he started a fire. They were sitting there. And for some reason, there was tension in the air. He said there was so much tension that his his girlfriend was just irritated with him. So they decided, you know what, let's just go lay down, go to sleep. And that's when they were asleep for a while, and then they started hearing a commotion outside his car. Right. And that's, he heard, uh, they had, right, he backed his uh, Hummer up. They had a canopy set up, you know, like yours. Right. And, you know, they had all their camping stuff. And he heard something out there. It was rubbing against the car. It knocked over his fishing poles. Uh, it was knocking over the chairs. He said by that time, the fire had already d- died down to the embers, so you couldn't see a lot. Right. And uh, this went on for quite a while. Then the, the whatever was out there, he, he convinced himself, okay, it's a bear. It's a bear. So he, he got his gun ready just in case, you know, it breaks in the window. Right. And uh, so he, he said he was sitting in there on his heels waiting for something to happen. He couldn't see out the windows. It was so dark. The the thing went to his girlfriend's side where she was laying down, right. and he heard the canopy fall over. <clears throat> then he thought he thought the uh, thing emptied out the or knocked over the ice chest, right? Because he could hear the ice, you know, like when you go through ice, it's slushing, yeah. Right. So what it was actually doing, it didn't knock it over. It was digging, digging in it, rummaging through it, looking right. for food. So he was sitting there waiting. And then he just happened to notice his girlfriend. She was shaking and in a very low voice, she was crying hysterically. Right. And, and she, she asked him, did you see it? And he's like, no, I can't see nothing. And she goes, I want to go right now. So he jumped in the driver's seat. He waited a second before he started the car because he wasn't sure how the thing was going to react. He didn't know what it was first off. Right. So he started it and then he kind of flipped a U-turn because he was pointing the opposite way of the entrance. Right. And he said he didn't see nothing. They took off until they got to the main road. They parked on the main road and slept there till the morning. Right. Then they both got up around seven and they started talking about it. And she goes, do you remember when I asked you if you've seen it? 
And he goes, yeah, I remember, but I couldn't see nothing. She goes, I seen it. I was laying down and there was just enough light. You know how we've been out there. Well, you could see the tree line and stuff barely. She said, I saw it walk past the the window and it was taller than your Hummer. Wow. That's, that's gotta be at least eight, nine, maybe 10 feet. Yep. Because if you've seen an actual Hummer, they're they're pretty high. Yeah, they are. They are. And that's crazy. And, you know, I did hear that story. I heard that story on uh, the series uh, Finding Bigfoot. Right. That's when they did their episode of Right. Now, I've heard that story, too, but I I never read the the full report, so I didn't know the background, how he came about this place. And... And like he, like that guy said, his uncle is genuinely genuinely afraid to go there. Oh, now crazy. I know that feeling. Yeah, you do. It took me quite a while to get you to go yeah. back, but but now we know more or less the location. Right. I think on our next trip up there, maybe we should go check it out. We should. I, I mean, that would be something. Uh, you know, like they say, lightning don't always strike twice, but does it? <laughs> well, uh, how just. How many times do you think we've been out to the spot we like to go to? <clears throat> Ouch. Oh, my God. I don't, I, but more than, out, 10, more uh, than 10. Oh, way more than 10. But lightning, I mean, lightning has struck because we've, we've heard stuff. And th- that's why I think we're on their on their trail that they go to the lake and stuff. And, and that's, like we said, that's a game trail. And the lake is just right there. The lake is literally maybe two miles Maybe. Maybe that from where we camp. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and these creatures need water. Not only that, when we come into our spot, the little stream, they could also be going there too. Right, or up the road to the hatchery. Up the road to the hatchery to, you know, maybe when they want to have a seafood dinner, they don't go Red Lobster, they go to the hatchery. (laughs) Yeah, but they're missing out on the biscuits. That's right. Now, and and we drove back into that territory, and it's it's rough territory, and we've been there where there's trees or there's logs placed in the road right or a tree knocked over now i'm not saying it's them or it's mother nature but uh it sure looks like it was pushed over it it looks like it was intentionally placed in the road it does um but you're right and and those the road is rough so you know you're not just going to get someone in any car to go back there right it's rough terrain but um this podcast could be a an advertisement for the New Mexico Tourism Guide. Come to New Mexico, see a squatch, see a ghost, see an alien. Try it. And also, come on vacation, leave on probation. <laughs> if you could get out of here because it'll steal your car. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but I, I, I love New Mexico, man. And uh, we do have some interesting things going on here. And I know that other parts of the country are just as haunted. You know, we're not the only ones. But... You know, we have some beautiful country out here, so you can enjoy the sights while you're being frightened. <laughs> we definitely have a beautiful scenery, some yep. of the best sunsets you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. And honest to God truth, because we've been all around the world. And yeah. Yeah. I always get drawn back to the colors of New Mexico. Yeah. And one thing, uh, I didn't appreciate it till I went away in the military. Right. Now you come back and you're like, uh, you know, even when I lived on the East Coast in Indianapolis, you know, it's all green over there. Every time we'd cross the line, I knew I'm getting close to home because it starts getting desert and and rough terrain. But then you see the colors of the red rocks and the mountains. Well, I was going to say, right before you get into Gallup, those red <clears throat> rocks are awesome. Yep. But yeah, so those were the topics we wanted to share with you today. And if you have a story, contact us. 
And better yet, if you have a story about New Mexico, we'd like to not only hear it, but we'd like for you to tell it. Yeah, and you can contact us, t- contact us at, sorry. Uh, I got let me some, give him the Heimlich real throat. quick. <laughs> you could do that at late night with Larry 55 at gmail.com. Right. Reach out to us. Reach out and touch someone. Try it. Peace. Peace. Greetings. I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Join us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour Mondays, where we look into the dark secrets of the conspiratorial world. We'll explore the likes of government cover-ups, the existence of otherworldly beings, unexplained phenomena, and cryptids. We tackle these topics with an open mind, a sense of humor, and dapper drippage. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen on all podcast platforms.